Brain Attack Music. Episode 5. What about emotional rehab? This is Andy Dovey. Hello and welcome to uh, podcast number five. This is entitled, What About Emotional Rehab? Since uh, surviving my brain attack, I've, I've done an awful lot of research and I'm struck by the huge emphasis given to physical rehabilitation compared to any emphasis for mental or let's call it emotional rehabilitation. Now, I'm not suggesting that the physical impact of what we've gone through is unimportant, simply that the emotional aspects of brain injury rehab seem to be a bit neglected compared to the physical side. And in reading lots of social media posts from brain injury survivors, it it seems that many of us have developed quite big mental and emotional issues brought on by the brain damage. Uh, I know I did. Uh, took me some time to come to terms with these, um, but we'll talk about that. So these things like anxiety, depression, anger, fear, confusion, memory issues, insomnia, and plenty of other things. Us survivors have to to face up to these and deal with them, but we can't do it on our own. We need professional help, support and guidance. And by and large, I don't think we get it. We certainly don't get enough of it. Just to sort of unpick this a little bit, before my experience, before my brain attack, my stroke, I was always considered by others to be, in quotes, mentally tough. And that's nothing that I looked at and said, that's what I am. It's comments that I've received from other people over the years. Um, as, a, as a young man, I played a lot of sport. I uh, often found myself captain or vice captain of, of whatever. And in my music career, if I've not actually been the band leader, I've always been heavily involved in the running of the bands. I never really suffered from nerves. In sport, I often opened the bowling at cricket. That's, if you don't know, that's the first bowler, which is generally, in inverted commas, the best bowler. And always enjoyed it. Never fearful in music. I've never had an issue with getting up on stage and performing. I loved, always loved playing in front of people. No, No anxiety there at all. Something I always look forward to. If there was any kind of... Uh, personnel problem in the band that I happen to be in, then normally I'd deal with it because other people would be, oh, I don't think I could have a word with them. No, I'll do it. I'll, I'll have a chat. And if a colleague was misbehaving or had to be fired, generally I'd step up and do the dirty deed. I'd tackle things head on. Fear? Nah. Nervousness? Nah. Anxiety? Nah. However, all that now, post-brain attack, has changed. My previous confidence has has disappeared. Certainly my ability to cope 
has gone. I'm now riddled with anxiety. The smallest issue can kind of send me over the edge, really. Um, and my awareness of this change is is quite vivid, which which kind of makes it worse. So, as an example, I can receive a letter about something that, in a pre-brain injury world, I would have thought was fairly mundane. I, forgetting to pay a bill, something like that, getting a reminder from the electricity company. But now, if that sort of thing happens, I just sends me into paroxysms of anxiety. And I can clearly remember, of course, that the thing that I'm confronted with actually wasn't an issue before. And that kind of makes it worse, because if I couldn't remember so clearly how I used to deal with this situation, how I used to be, just be dead easy in a way to handle. But because of this striking contrast about, oh, this is the effect it's having on you now, mate, and, you know, seven years ago, huh, it kind of makes it worse. And bizarrely, I have no idea why this is the case, but as well as this anxiety, I'm now really claustrophobic. That's, this never bothered me before. I used to quite enjoy crawling around dark enclosed spaces. But now just seeing someone in a tight space on the TV absolutely freaks me out. I, I have this terrible internal panic developing. Um, this, this led on one occasion to a complete meltdown <laughs> in an MRI scanner. See, I can laugh about it now. Couldn't at the time. Uh, complete meltdown in an MRI scanner, which I have uh, written about in a blog. If you go to uh, brainattackmusic.com, go to the blog page and look at a blog entitled Wearing the Inside Out, you can uh, you can read about it. And it was when that happened, some six months or so after my stroke, when that happened, uh, it was like, okay, I have a problem. So facing up to all of this, dealing with it, and then being able to talk about it was much, much harder for me than actually doing the same thing with my physical limitations. Most people see brain injury as a, as a physical deficit, but we know there are mental, emotional ones too, don't we? And that's one heck of a thing to deal with virtually overnight, isn't it? I wonder how many of us Brain injury survivors have a bit of PTSD going on, post-traumatic stress disorder. I, I look back over my time and I'm pretty sure I did. I certainly had a whole bucket load of denial. I'll just uh, elaborate a bit here. In, um, in my first couple of years, I suppose, post-stroke, I appeared to be doing well. A lot of people said this to me, oh, you're doing well. And I now know that this is actually a big, huge bluff. What had happened, I realise now, is that I'd actually reverted to my default mode of behaviour, the way that I was operating, for want of a better expression, before my stroke, which was basically, everything's okay, I'm tough, I can do this, everything's fine, never better, nothing to see, move along. And that's all large and fine, 
is okay and probably better than just whining about things, but only up to a point. When it's adding to your stress levels, when it's increasing your blood pressure, when it's further increasing your anxiety and ensuring that you don't take adequate rest, then it's probably a recipe for disaster. I'd push myself to do stuff. For example, a trip out to the shops and then spend the next week in bed. Pacing? Yeah, I hadn't quite mastered that. Someone might say to me now, oh, I think you were more capable a few years ago. But, of course, they'd only be witness to my external behaviour. They wouldn't know that I then spent a week in bed getting over the activity, whatever that happened to be. I'm much better now at knowing where my limitations are in terms of my energy. So I no longer have this kind of uh, binary on-off <clears throat> approach to life. If I've got maybe a medical appointment coming up that I think will drain me, I'll ensure my diary is empty a couple of days beforehand and a couple of days afterwards so I can manage my energy levels. I even have to manage phone calls. Um, a 30-minute phone call can drain me for the rest of the day, perhaps even into the following day. All of these emotional issues never got spoken about by any medical professional that I dealt with or who dealt with me. It's just things that I've discovered, I've worked out for myself over time. I now see myself as some kind of mobile phone battery. If fully charged and on standby, I can last much longer than if I make quite a few calls. And uh, the more calls I make, of course, the more my charge runs down and the quicker I need to recharge. But I have to remember my charger isn't very powerful, so I need a long time to fully recharge. And in order to get through the day without the need to recharge, I need to really monitor my call usage carefully. Otherwise, <laughs> I may be out and find myself completely exhausted with nowhere to recharge. And all of these emotional changes, emotional issues, are, of course, completely invisible. No one can see them, and other than you, no one knows. And this is why they don't get the same attention as the obvious physical issues. And so they just fester away like some pus-filled abscess, gnawing away, untreated, slowly getting worse. I, I was actually very lucky to see uh, two uh, clinical neuropsychologists who both helped me enormously. Um, but I have to say, opening up and talking about all this stuff was much, much harder than any of the physical rehab. Give me the physical rehab stuff. Give me a treadmill, whatever, that's fine. Sitting down and talk to you, talking about yourself, ask, answering questions about yourself with a neuropsychologist, no, not very easy at all. But we ignore all these emotional issues at our peril. But given what we've gone through, hardly surprising that they're there, really. There's a fella called Arthur, I don't know if I'm 
pronouncing this correctly, Schopenhauer, he was a German philosopher, and he said that all truth passes through three stages. Firstly, it's ridiculed. Secondly, it's violently opposed. And thirdly, it's eventually accepted as self-evident, as obvious. And I'm now at the stage where it's obvious, self-evident to me, uh, that we need emotional rehabilitation just as much as we need physical rehabilitation. I think that's enough for now. And in the next podcast, gosh, we'll be up to episode six, won't we? Um, I'll be looking at the power of the mind, something which is of huge interest to uh, all of us brain attack survivors, stroke survivors, brain injury survivors. If you get the chance, please point your browser at brainattackmusic.com and have a little read there and see what the project is all about. If you want to, please follow me on social media or on brainattackmusic.com. The email address is there where you can email me. And until next time, please look after yourselves and take care and keep on keeping on. Bye for now.